Welcome on in, guys. Let's recap and react to week two of the Big 12 football season. I'm Pete Mundo. Of course, heartlandcollegesports.com is how you join us each and every day. And wow, this was a terrible, absolutely terrible week for the Big 12 Conference. No ifs, ands, or buts. It was a horrible week for the Big 12. We don't sugarcoat things here. We don't BS you. This was a bad bad Saturday and bad week for this conference, but we're here to talk about it. We're here to recap it. And we'll of course get your feedback. We're on Facebook live right now and also Instagram live. So be sure to follow us in both places. And as always, we'll be up on YouTube after this and the podcast as well. Be sure to leave us a rating review, subscribe to the podcast. That way you don't miss any of the content that we have up uh, because the podcast is where we do most of our content when it comes to audio. All right, uh, already the comments are rolling in on Iowa State. Let's start big picture, though. Big picture for this conference. You lost to Iowa. Iowa State lost to Iowa when you had a chance for the Cyclones to put themselves into the national spotlight and the national picture. Texas gets blown out by Arkansas on the road. Texas Tech struggles with Stephen F. Austin. Skylar Thompson, the Kansas State quarterback, goes down with an injury that I don't think he's coming back from. I think Skylar Thompson, I'm not a doctor, but you saw Skylar Thompson. I saw him injure that knee, clearly injuring that knee on a non-contact uh, play. I, I, I don't know. I don't see how he comes back. All right. Um, you combine all that. TCU took care of Cal, but they were 11 point favorites one by two. Oklahoma State didn't look great at all against Tulsa. And it was a bad weekend. It was just a bad weekend. All right, great. West Virginia crushed LIU. Baylor crushed Texas Southern. Those two teams are terrible FCS programs. And Oklahoma beat up Western Carolina 76-0. I, like, I, leave that aside, all right? They're supposed to do that. That doesn't impress me. There's nothing there that you say, well, what about the Mountaineers and the Baylor Bears and Oklahoma? Guys, who cares? You're supposed to do that. I mean, Texas Southern is a terrible football team that Baylor played. They're all bad, but Texas Southern might have been the worst. So I, I, I don't learn anything from those games. I don't take anything from those games. What I'm looking at is the games that were played by the Big 12 this weekend that mattered. That mattered in terms of making this conference look good on the national scale, number one. And then number two, on a team-by-team -team basis, make me wonder, geez, who can compete in this conference? Who's got a chance to maybe compete for more than just a Big 12 title, but maybe a national title, get into a college football playoff? Well, let's get right into it. Iowa State dropped the biggest bomb of the weekend. You've got college game day there. You've got the national spotlight, and you dropped an egg, and it really wasn't the fault of the defense. The defense held Iowa's offense to 176 yards the entire day. But they lost the turnover battle for nothing, and those four turnovers led to 20 Iowa points. It was the Iowa State offense that was a problem. Uh, you know, would I have maybe benched Brock Purdy earlier in the game? Possibly. Not because Hunter Decker's, you know, is going to be a star, although I hear a lot of people tell me, and I've been hearing this for two years, that Hunter Decker is going to be a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. But put that aside. To clear Brock Purdy's mind may not have been the worst idea in the middle of that game. But it's not all Brock Purdy. Interceptions weren't all his fault. 
Brees Hall fumbles. That leads to six points for Iowa, deep in Iowa State territory. There's plenty of people to blame. So I'm not going to sit here and pick on Brock Purdy. That's not my intentions at all. But it's what I've been saying for two weeks now. It is fair to critique how slow Iowa State comes out of the gates every single year. And normally, you know, it doesn't matter because conference play hasn't started yet. But what made this year different, what made this year special, was the fact that um, this was a year that they could amazingly, as the Iowa State Cyclones, compete for a national championship. That's what made this year special. That's what made this year different. And to compete potentially for a national championship, you can't come out of the gate slow. All right. Georgia can't come out of the gate slow against Clemson. Alabama can't come out of the gate slow against Miami. You've got a 12-game season. You don't get to suddenly just decide by game four, like, we're going to start, like, playing. Like, that's not how it can work when these expectations are in place for your team. And, and, you know, at least competing for a college football playoff spot, I believed, was always a fair expectation for this Iowa State team. Now, maybe Iowa turns out to be, you know, the class of the Big Ten West, they can challenge Ohio State in the Big Ten East, although, you know, they had their problems over the weekend with Oregon. But anyway, uh, maybe that's what Iowa turns into. I don't think so, though. I didn't watch this game and say, boy, this Iowa team, Big Ten better watch out. That's not what I came out of this game thinking. I came out of this game thinking, geez, I mean, Iowa State's offense has got to get its act together. That's, that's, that's what I came out of this game feeling and thinking. And there's something to be said, too, for every year, it seems like week one for Iowa State is, you know, just a doozy, right? Week one is always nearly lose or lose Louisiana Lafayette, Northern Iowa, whatever it might be. And then week two, the theory being, well, we play Iowa, uh, you know, we, we open up the playbook. Well, that, that, that week one, week two formula of really vanilla into the Iowa game it's just not working. All right. It's just not working. And, you know, maybe this is a great conversation to be having. If you told Iowa State fans, let's say uh, five years ago, hey, we'd be arguing about this team losing to Iowa, but uh, they still would be Big 12 title contenders. You'd say, that's crazy. Well, no, it's, it's, it's not crazy. It's, it's true. That's exactly what this program is right now. And that's all kudos to Matt Campbell. I'm not taking anything away from the guy. But when you've built up these expectations for yourself and and it's amazing that he's done it here in Ames, uh, it's fair to then say, okay, how do we get to that next step? And there's some critiquing that's allowed to be done, especially on the offset, offensive side of the ball, once again through week one and week two of the season this year. So that was a bad loss. It was a bad look uh, for Iowa State on the national stage. And uh, you know, are they in the college football playoff hunt? I mean, I guess, but now you've got to beat Oklahoma twice. That's that's the reality for Iowa State. You can't lose another game. I mean, they're never going to put a two-loss team in a college football playoff, certainly not a blue-blood two-loss team in a college football playoff. No way, no how. And you got to run the table, and that likely means beating Oklahoma two times, and two times in like three weeks. So Iowa State's college football playoff hopes arguably went up in flames yesterday. The other top storylines, uh, someone says here on Facebook Live, Eddie writes, Big 12 is a mess. Yep, that is true, Eddie. Uh, Brandon, Mike Gundy's lost his mojo at Oklahoma State. They've looked bad through two weeks as well. Uh, it's been very concerning watching that offensive line through two weeks of play for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now, I, I, 
what is Oklahoma State this year? Probably fourth, fifth best team in the Big 12. That's, that's what I picture them as being this season. Uh, the defense continues to be the stronger side of the ball for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, but something's not clicking on offense. I mean, the offensive line really hasn't... I, I mean, the best offensive lines Oklahoma State had under Mike Gundy was like 2010 to 2012-13-ish. Those are the best Oklahoma State offensive lines that Mike Gundy had. But it certainly seems like they're not even getting better. They're just stagnant for the last several years. It seems like it's always a problem the last few years at Oklahoma State getting that offensive line figured out. And getting that running game going, you know, I mean, it's, it's just been an issue for them. And that continues to be the case once again. So that was a bad showing as well for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Two straight weeks for them. They've won both games, but now you're going to Boise State this weekend. And not that Boise is the team of the past, but that is certainly not going to be a cakewalk. All right. Uh, TCU, Ethan put it well. TCU looked really good after the first quarter, but that first quarter was a doozy. Yeah, I, I you know. Of all these teams that won, that maybe underperformed expectations, TCU is the one right now that I have the least concern about of these programs that we're talking about today. So that is true. You still get a Power 5 win against a Pac-12 team. But yes, that's a, that's a good way to summarize what took place there in that TCU game, Ethan. No, no doubt about it. I, I completely agree there. Uh, play calling at Oklahoma State's been rough. That's on Instagram Live as well. Yeah, it has been. It absolutely has been. The the um, play calling has been rough, and understandably, understandably, there's a a lot of flack being given to the the play calling there and what is going on with uh, with Mike Gundy and that offense. I don't know if it's Mike Gundy losing his mojo. I don't know if it's Casey Dunn still working his way through that role of offensive coordinator. But either way, it's a bad situation for Oklahoma State on that side of the ball. Here we are talking about how the Big 12 is a, team, is a conference that is having more issues on offense than on uh, defense. Uh, who would have thought we'd say that? I mean, this is not your father's Big 12. It's just not. And on top of that, let me add this to the equation. Who do you think is the second best quarterback in the Big 12 right now after Spencer Rattler? Like, who would you make the case? I, I, normally, I would have said Brock Purdy, but I, I can't say that right now based on how this season has gone. I normally then would have said Skylar Thompson, but he's I think he's done for a while with that knee injury. Is it Max Duggan? Is it Tyler Shuck? I mean, it, it's a great conversation to have. Who's the second best quarterback in this league right now? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of you guys saying Max Duggan. Jason Bean, the J. I love it. Jason Bean, the KU quarterback, getting some love on Instagram. Jason, oh gosh, I love you guys. No, seriously though, it's it's a it's a great debate to have. The second best quarterback in the Big Twelve. Think about it. It's hard to it's hard to pinpoint. It is. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, let's talk about this Texas game. Hudson Card did not look good at Arkansas. It's why I picked. Arkansas to at least cover the spread in this game by seven points. And before I get to that, let me remind you guys, we've got the NFL season underway today. We're going into week three of the Big 12 football season. Our picks went two and three on Saturday. Not in love with that. We we won the Iowa game. I picked Iowa plus four and a half. I picked Arkansas plus seven. I just missed out on Kansas. I Kansas plus 26. They lost by 27. 
But our friends at mybookie.ag are our exclusive sponsors of this show. And with our promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, you get a 100% sign-up bonus. Double your first-time deposit at mybookie.com with our promo code BIG12. That is BIG12. A great way to support this show. We do all our bets on mybookie.com as well. So hope you guys will do that. You know, they've got every line you need for the NFL as well today and everything going into next week of the Big 12 football season. So go to mybookie.com. Great to have those guys on board for another season. It's been like four or five years now we've had MyBookie on board with us. And uh, it's a great way to help this show and have some fun as well. Betting your favorite teams. MyBookie.com promo code BIG12, BIG12 to double your sign-up bonus. So Hudson Card didn't look good. But here's, uh, here's what I thought was interesting, right? It was going to be a tough spot for him. Redshirt freshman, first road start. In Fayetteville. I mean, that, that, is, that is a very difficult place to put the guy in. But when at the end of that game, Casey Thompson came in, game was way out of reach, Casey Thompson did something that really impressed me. He ran to the right corner of the end zone for a garbage time touchdown. All right? Ran in for a garbage time touchdown. And here's a guy who lost the starting job did not look uh, apparently all that good in camp. He gets beat out by Hudson Card. He then gets an opportunity in this Arkansas game, and with the game way out of reach, the dude is giving up his body for a garbage-time touchdown. That was impressive. That's, that's not something that if he was just planning on transferring and getting the heck out of Dodge and leaving Texas because, well, they don't want me here. Woe is me. I'm going to sit here and cry all day and feel sorry for myself. You're not busting your hump. You're not running to that right corner of the end zone and giving it all up in garbage time against Arkansas. You're just not doing it. And Casey Thompson did that. So he, he certainly looked better than Card. He was 5 for 8 for 57 yards. He ran for two scores and 44 yards. I, I, think, that, um, I think that we've got a quarterback battle going on there. I, I, I do. I think we've got a quarterback battle going on there. But when you're Texas and you give up 300-plus rushing yards – for seven yards a carry. I mean, that was absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous when it comes to the run defense for the Texas Longhorns. And, uh, you know, seriously, the grass is not always greener, Texas fans. You are in a Big 12 right now where you have been mediocre for a decade. And take this with all love because I love you guys. I love our Texas fans. This is not personal. I mean, the Big 12 is going to survive. This website, this outlet at Heartland College Sports, we're going to be fine. All right? Like, seriously. So it's nothing personal. But you had a conference here in the Big 12 that, let's be honest, on the field you've been mediocre in for a decade. But you still got the call all the shots. Right? You and Oklahoma got the call all the shots. You've been mediocre for a decade. You've run this conference. You're going to now go to the SEC. Okay, you'll get some more money out of it. But you're going to, unless Steve Sarkeesian's the second coming of Nick Saban, you're going to struggle more than you did in the Big 12, if we're being fair, all right? And you're not going to be the top dog at the table. You may try to make yourself the top dog at the table. You may be one of the four or five top dogs at the table, but you are not the exclusive top dog at the table like you were in the Big 12. So outside of a few more million bucks, which your mega donors can cover on whatever you need, I, I, I thought yesterday and last night 
was a glimpse into what's to come for Texas football in the SEC. Because Arkansas is not winning the SEC, all right? They're probably in the bottom couple of teams in the SEC. And that was just case in point on where things go from here and, and what the future may look like for Texas football for being completely fair and completely honest. All right, so that's, that, that, was, that was tough to watch. And then Kansas State now is going to be moving on from Skylar Thompson, who, you know, I talked about it earlier. Who's the second-best quarterback in the Big 12? I would have said Skylar Thompson if he wasn't hurt. Oh, this is good on Facebook Live. Gary says Caleb Williams is the second-best quarterback in the Big 12. That's Spencer Rattler's backup. That may be true. That may very well be true. Uh, that is such a good point if you look up and down this conference right now. But I am praying and I am hoping that Skylar Thompson is going to be A-OK. I am. Do I feel good about it? Am I confident in that? I'm not. I mean, how could you be seeing that injury? And if you haven't seen it, you know, you can watch the video. It's up on the website, heartlandcollegesports.com. But how can you feel good about that right now? I, I, I wouldn't. And now you go to Will Howard. And Chris Kleiman's been very high on Will Howard this year. And, and the issues from last season with Kansas State losing its last five games was not all on Will Howard. Guys, a was a redshirt freshman quarterback trying to get things going there on the offensive side of the ball for K-State with a brand-new offensive line, tough stepping into a tough spot with Deuce Vaughn, who's really your only weapon. I mean, Kansas State needs some weapons on the outside. That has got to be. I mean, Malik Knowles is a nice player for Kansas State, but you have got to get yourself, if you're Chris Kleiman, some weapons on the outside. You just have to. I mean, if, if Matt Campbell can do it, I believe Chris Kleiman can do it. Uh, you know, whether you miss a guy like Briley Moore at tight end, find your Charlie Kohler. I know they're not growing on trees, but find them. You need them. Scott writes, Kansas State better not sleepwalk its next game against Nevada. No, I know. They, they cannot sleepwalk through that game. They'll lose that game. I'm already concerned about that game with Will Howard starting. I, I just... You know, I, I didn't love what I saw last night, and I certainly want to see that growth that we've been hearing about this entire offseason, and we've been hearing about it forever. All right, so now I want to see it. And then you've got Texas Tech, and, uh, you know, you're a 32-point favorite against Stephen F. Austin, and you got to hang on for a five-point victory. It's not a four, uh, what was it, 27-22. So, yeah, five-point victory. Thank you, Math Genius. So you just, you know, when you came back against Houston, that looked great. All right. That was a really, really good look for Texas Tech. Not to go down 14 nothing against Houston, but to come back like they did. The defense was involved, pick sixes. Uh, this was just kind of a dud of a game. And Matt Wells, coaching for his job, cannot have any duds. He just can't. He's coaching arguably for his job this year, and he got out of there with a win. Had God forbid he lost that game, it would have been a disaster for him in many ways. But he got out of there with a win. But you just, if you're Texas Tech and you're Matt Wells, that was not the performance that you wanted to have last night against an FCS program. That just was not it. Now you've got FIU this weekend, then it's Texas in two weeks. So things are going to get real, real soon here for Matt Wells and that uh, Texas Tech program. And there's not much, as I've said, to say about OU, Baylor, and West Virginia. They took care of business, all right? They took care of business. They did what they had to do. And there's really no analysis 
when you're playing that inferior of an opponent out of the FCS level. On Instagram Live, Shane Illingworth is a better quarterback than Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State. See, I thought Sanders would be better suited because the offensive line is so bad and he's more mobile. But at this point, I mean, you're you're splitting hairs. You can make it. I can make an argument, and you can make an argument for both guys. If you told me that Illingworth was the guy and Sanders got to go, I could follow you there. If you told me that hey, we got to let Sanders continue, I could go there as well. But you know what they say, when you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Brandon writes, everything that's wrong with Oklahoma State football comes from the lack of leadership from the coaches. Oh, boy. It may, you know, someone brought it up earlier. Is Mike Gundy losing his mojo? I'll let you guys sleep on that one. But there's no doubt it was a bad, bad week for the Big 12 Conference. Bad week. They had some prime opportunities in prime time to be, you know, Solid teams out of better conferences. Iowa State, Iowa, crap the bed. And then Texas at Arkansas, it just not a good scene. Not, And then you throw on the injuries on top of it. Whew, boy. So we're moving on, though, and we'll have plenty of more content for you guys this week. So great to have you on board on Facebook Live, on Instagram as well. We'll put it up on YouTube and the podcast where, yes, you can get a free koozie, a free Heartland College Sports koozie. When you leave a rating and a review on this show, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And hit that subscribe button as well so you never miss a podcast, all right? Find us on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, well, in all those places. Please follow us there. And um, we'll be talking to you guys soon. Don't forget about our friends at mybookie.com. The promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, gets you a 100% sign-up bonus on your first deposit. So double your money. Don't have to unlock it. They just throw it right into your account. Guys, have a uh, great day. we got so much more content coming on the site. NFL Sunday is here. I'm in Kansas City. We're ready for the Chiefs here coming up in a few minutes, all right? Enjoy the games, guys. Thanks for spreading the word, spreading the message of heartlandcollegesports.com. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.